Hi, welcome to She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields, the podcast for women leaders on a mission to change the world and build empires that have legacy, success, influence, and intergenerational wealth. We'll talk about how stigmas, stereotypes, grief, and other people's opinions can keep women's voices silenced and the impact these have on successful women and their emotions, their relationships, and their money. If you have felt silenced and need guidance, awakening, and amplifying your voice, visit KeishaShields.com to check out my best-selling Find Your Voice course. Please take a quick second to hit the subscribe button and let's get into this week's episode. To watch the video episode with today's co-host, visit KeishaShields.com slash podcast. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields. I'm super giddy if you hear it in my voice. That's why I have the lovely Cray Cray, <laughs> Gray <laughs> Griffin, Gray Delal Griffin with us today. Thank you so much, Gray, for being on this episode. Hi there, Keisha. I'm so oh happy my to God. be here. Okay. You're so a twerp. I- You're a twerp. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So you guys are going to want to know what that's about and you're going to learn. Oh my gosh. I'm like, look, okay. So, so I met Gray, what about maybe three years ago now? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And we were at like a resistance event, um, you know, about getting Donald Trump and all those out of office. <laughs> you know, at the time we were at an event in Beverly Hills a few years ago and I ended up meeting Gray there and we've kind of just like follow each other like you know online and all that good stuff um so I was so excited when she decided to come on my show so thank you for being here Gray I'm so excited and and you have to tell them the truth that I bugged you because I'm so insecure and empty inside and she had asked me to do it then the world started ending and she was being sensitive to the fact that I have three children and I'm a single mom and I'm working and so she didn't want to bug me about it but I ended up bugging her because I was like I really on that podcast and yeah. I'm gonna ask her again so and I texted I, I her that night like I didn't waste any time once I knew that she was fine um that yeah. she had survived the beginning of the apocalypse there with you know the coronavirus <laughs> so once I knew that she was good I was like okay I'm gonna text you and we're gonna do this so tell <laughs> us who is gray my goodness I don't even know Keisha um no Believe I, I well, that people <laughs> um I do cartoon voices if you have cable and even if you just have public television, I've been in your living room. I play, played Emily Elizabeth on Clifford the Big Red Dog for a long time. That was 20 years ago that I did that. So there's a lot of adults that come up to me and tell me that I was their childhood. Um, and, I, and I was also Wubsy. Wow, wow, everybody. And um, and I'm Vicky, the, the babysitter on the Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> and I play the voice of Wonder Woman. And I'm also Catwoman Meow. And Azula from Avatar The Last Airbender. And Jeepers, I'm also Daphne on Scooby-Doo. And I've been doing that for over 20 years now. It's creepy. (laughs) Oh, so many things. And I also play old ladies. Oh, The Loud House. If you have kids, The Loud House is a big one right now. I play Lola on The Loud House and her sister Lana. 
And I play Mrs. Bernardo, the acting teacher. And I play Cheryl, the lady who works in the school office. And I'm also Lily, the little baby. <laughs> and I also play Scoots, the old lady that's always on a scooter. And she's real cranky. So leave her alone. <laughs> and I'm also a mom. I have three kids. And I'm doing it on my own. Which I feel like is easier than doing it with a man. I know that some people probably think it isn't. They're like, you poor thing. And I'm like, no, because honestly, when I was in a relationship, you have to like be a mom and get all their needs met. Then you're like, oh, then there's you, you know, like after they're sleeping, like, what do you want? Um, but you're now, loving it, doing it more by yourself. Their dad is wonderful, but is easier. <laughs> I feel like it is. And well, Actually, there's two daddies. Um, my oldest son, he's 13. He has a wonderful daddy who's like my best friend, but he was a touring musician. So he was always on the road. And I always had to get back in that groove when he would be home. I was like, oh yeah, okay. So yeah. So, and I was like, that's not where that goes. That's not where, you know, I was like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Virgo. I like things the way that I, you know, so if he put something, I'm like, oh no, we have a new system now. No, or no, no, no. You know, oh, they don't like that anymore. Cause he would kind of, even in a few weeks, kids don't like the same things they liked before you yeah. say the same. So I was always having to catch him up. And I just thought like, this is tiring. And then the little ones, their dad, um, he's a, a music, I, I, I like musicians, Keisha. Um, <laughs> I'm with the band. Um, yeah. No. Well, I did. I was a musician for a long time. So that's I was going to mention happened. that. I'm like, I know because I know more about you than you probably think I do. <laughs> yeah. Do a little Googling, a little stalking. <laughs> light, light stalking. Yeah. <laughs> oh Silk God, stalking. That makes sense because you are a musician your own self yeah. on top of being a mommy and a voice actress, an amazing one at that. Um, probably a well-paid, uh, popular <laughs> one at that. <laughs> Um, you're a comedian, yes, right? Yes, yes. How is that coming up? along? Well, the online stand-up is... I would write new jokes. You always do like your tried and true material, but then you pepper in some of those new jokes and then you see what the reaction is, you know? And that's how you build your set. And with these Zoom comedy, you don't know if you're funny or not. Like, I don't... I, it's, it's like a waste of my time. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm not doing any of those. I'm just going to write. And when this is over, I'm going to go out and I'll have tons of new stuff to try out. But um, that's yeah, amazing. No. Okay. So that. you mommy first and well, woman, first and foremost, yes. mommy to three beautiful, very, I don't know. I love your kids. Like, I feel like they're like, my. Little, I'm telling you, like, <laughs> they could be, I they know could. way too much about what you have going on. And that's why it's <laughs> usually me. Right. I post a lot too. I, I have been yeah. told like, great. Wow. And I'm like, I know I'm just, because usually I'm in a booth recording. So I like, even now, like this is where I work. Like you can see my microphone right yeah. here. My, yeah. Right here. And, um, and this is also my son's art studio. We are, we're sharing, we're sharing. So I've got my phone here. I'm not on it with you, but like when I'm in a boring session, all I do is just like, I'm just going to post, you know, just like, I'm just waiting for my turn. It's not I was that I'm wondering just, how you, know. you find the time that makes sense. <laughs> Yes, there's oh, a lot of time, loves, lots of downtime. She works, she's a comedian, she's a musician. Um, what else am I missing? Like, what else do you do? Like, I swear you, like, have your hands on, like, everything. Like, what <laughs> else do you do? It's so silly. My, my children go to Waldorf school. Well, they used to before it all shut down. And that's a very crafty environment. They make Waldorf dolls for the kids. And so I do a lot of sewing with my kids, and we make like out of socks and yarn and I know how to make doll a doll wig and like pull the yarn through and make like a you know how do you find the time 
Like, how do you do all of that and be like a primary parent? I don't watch a lot of television. And I don't know if that comes into it, but all my friends are always like, have you seen the new whatever? Are you watching? You got to binge. And I'm like, I don't have time to binge anything. As my kids get to bed, it's around nine and I put on Mad Hour or something like in the background. And then I start sewing or drawing or getting food ready for the next day. Or I don't know. I mean, I have a crock pot that helps for food. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and then I also involve my kids. I feel like a lot of people do everything themselves. It's like a built-in babysitter because we don't do a lot of TV with the kids either. It's so funny when Tex was little, Tex is my oldest. Somebody told him, your mom's wubsy. And he's like, she is not, she is not. He thought it was like some kind of like, you know, terrible thing to call someone. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, honey, I am. It's a, it's a character. And, you know, he was like, oh, okay. You know, and it, one time he saw Scooby-Doo on something and he was like, I like that doggy. And I was like, yeah, a lot of people like that doggy. And mommy is actually that doggy's friend. I was trying to explain to him. Yeah. Anyway, but, but without TV, there's a lot of time for other things. So you're entertaining all of us and then your kids don't get to partake in that part of you. Why? I know. People are always like, your kids must like think this is so cool that their mom's the voice of the thing. And I'm like, they have no idea. Yeah. But I have done a little bit of TV and, and of course my son's already sick of me. My, my five-year-old's like, are you on this too? Cause he found that the three caballeros on Disney and I play this Xandra and it sounds just like me. So he's like, mom, is that you? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, ah. God, and I feel like it's like a, he doesn't, it's, it's annoying to him. He's like, you're just on everything. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you have a place to live. Yeah, that's how I feel, but it's not annoying. I'm like, what is she <laughs> not on? Like, and that's why I feel like, I mean, you've been doing this for so long. Like, I know, like, even in my childhood, and I'm not young anymore, like, a lot of the characters, like, I go back now and I watch it, just, I'm like, <gasps> That was her. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, it's crazy. The Weekenders. I just, I found out that The Weekenders was, was Justin Bieber's favorite show. And I'm like, oh my God, how funny. Because I was lore on that. And it's just, seems like a lifetime away. But, that's, yeah, yeah that that's, sweet. wow. That's crazy. I remember like, <laughs> when you had told me, because I was telling you how like people call me like the Black Elmira, right? Because I'm oh, all, yeah. remember that? And I, Elmira and is like, black. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> shut out the front door. <gasps> I told her, I was like, Cree, I was like, my friend was like calling herself the Black Elmira and uh, I had to like, like tell her. People always were like, you're like the Black Elmira. I was like, do you know she is Black? I have, <laughs> like, cause I'm always like, I'm, ve- like, <laughs> I'm very touchy and lovey and huggy and like all uh, of that stuff, you know? Yes, and so yes. now I'm like, I just yeah. can't believe it. Like, the what second, did I know of my childhood? I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, I, <laughs> yeah. like, all of this time. Like, so that was, like, very interesting. I'm like, she knows everyone. And so just to, like, hear you say those voices, I'm like, my mouth is wide open. Because I just think it's so fascinating. And it's very different from any of the work that most people I know do. How did yes. you know that you wanted to do that work? Or how did you actually get started? Well, another thing about not having TV, you know, when I was little, I was raised by my grandmother and she worked a lot and it was hard for her to keep me entertained. And we only had like a couple channels that barely you could get anything on. So I had to entertain myself a lot. And so I think boredom breeds, you know, a lot of great things. Yeah. She got a big boom box one day and I was like, oh, wow, what's that? You know, my grandma was a singer. She used to sing with Tito Puente, like when she was young. Um, but she just loved those, those singing, those Latin boleros, you know, and so she would like, you know, sing for herself and she'd play her music and then sing into the other side. And I was like, this is phenomenal. So when she wasn't like watching me, I was like, I'm going to make shows. So I would make these like little shows of like 
baby voices and old lady. I mean, I was doing the voices. I was just a weird little kid and it just kind of worked out for me. <laughs> I just, yeah, my grandma was like, we used to think, mijita, pobrecita, we thought something was wrong with you. Because when I get excited, I don't know, I might be on the, spe- I'm not sure if I'm on the spectrum or something. I don't know. But when I would get excited, I would just like go, <gasps> you know, I would just shake my hands and I don't know. I mean, I've seen people do that who are on the spectrum or something. Okay, maybe. I mean, I still do it a little bit. So, I mean, not in front of people, but like yeah. I have my my closet ticks. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so, yeah. So it was just being bored and I made these little shows and I would play them and play them back and, and tool them. And like, I learned how to like, so, so, oh no, I need to sound older. That doesn't sound old enough. You know, so I'm like doing it again. Or oh, I need to sound more like a baby. Let me try my baby cries. Let me try, you know, just all kinds of things. So. Oh, I have a story. I was like in second grade and I decided because I was never paying attention in class. I just was, I have ADHD and I was just like, you know, never, it was really hard. So I remember thinking, I need to work on my screams. My screams are not... Yeah, I'm going to go. So I was like, can I get, can I have to go to the bathroom? And they were like, yes, I took the hall pass, went to the girl's bathroom and was just in there screaming bloody murder. <laughs> and then like a teacher and the custodian, like, I mean, like three people rushed into that. They're like, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, I, I don't, I was just, you know, and I'm like, I was just practicing my screams. <laughs> I started crying. They're like, I remember they shook me. Like the teacher goes, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> But now I know. Now I know. It all makes sense. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so like, now I do scream a lot. Like I'm kind of the stunt screamer like, at work. Like you knew back then. I can do really like blood curl. I won't do it for you now, but like I can do like blood curdling scream. I could if I turn myself down enough. Do you want me to? Yeah. I'm going to turn way it. down because I don't know what's going to happen. But That's really odd. <laughs> It's, it's, a, it's a strange little skill. That's a, wow. So, okay, so have you had to like scream on any of like the episodes that you've recorded? Oh, all the time. I do those really adult kind of like Batman dark. They're for adults. They're not for, you know, we just, we did this one called Gotham by Gaslight. It was all about Jack the Ripper. And I played several <laughs> prostitutes who were bludgeoned and murdered and cut open. And so I did that a lot. Um, and then I also played the singing Catwoman for that. So that was fun. so like it's like so you I don't know so you just intuitively when you were a kid you just felt very connected like I'm thinking are you sitting in class probably going over like alphabets or something like I don't know and you're like I need to practice my screen like I I didn't even know this was a job honestly like I remember finding out like what the cartoons up oh my gosh that's amazing and then I was thinking oh I would love to do that and I remember telling someone and they were like Gray, do you know how many people want to do that? It's really like hard to do. And I was like, but I really, really want to do it. And I always tell people, if you're as good or better than the people who are doing it, you can do it. That's all you need. I mean, if, yeah. there's always room for, if you're talented, there's always yeah. room. You have to get, find the people that find you, you know. So. so even though people were kind of telling you like, basically, yeah, give it up and go do it as something else. What made you feel so convicted that why not you? Like, why, why can't I do it? Well, okay. I have to say I have a Mexican grandmother and I feel like there's, it's stereotypical, but everything I did was the most wonderful, amazing thing. And my friends, I have a friend who was like hard on her kid. Like, and I was like, Oh, don't, you got to encourage, you know, really like nurture because 
you know, and she's like, well, I don't want him to get out in the world and then think everybody does that. I want him to be tough. And I was like, there's room enough to be tough. Believe yeah. me. I was like, I was like, here's where you get your protective coating so that when you go out in the world, yeah. no matter what anybody says to you, you've just got this unshakable confidence, which is what happened to me. I honestly, I was just so convinced of my brilliance. <laughs> I went to LA. I'm cozy. I know. <laughs> I went to LA and I, I'm telling you, every person I'd met was like, you're never going to do this. You're not that great. You think that, but my grandma had so brainwashed me into thinking I was great that I was just like, it just rolled right off. I was just like, well, my grandma loves me and thinks I'm great. So I'm yeah. sure I am, you know, and then just on to the next thing. So it was, I feel like but, I really I mean, but that is it. amazing. When I look back, I think it is kind of yeah, I mean, you I just could not be talked Grandmas are like, you're not going to be anything. You're not, you know, you're, so, yeah. I mean, the fact that she really encouraged you to really embrace who you were and yeah. that everything you did was just amazing. It's incredible. Do you find that you use some of those same elements with raising your kids? I do. And we were, my kids and I were, we found a little deserted patch of beach that all my friends keep going, where is it? And I'm like, I can't tell you. Cause it's like, <laughs> I don't want any people to go to it. I feel bad, but I'm just like, we, we need that little part of the, we need a little patch of something for ourselves. Um, but we were building a sandcastle and we were like making a moat around it and make, and like really, really enforcing it and everything. And I remember thinking like, we got it. I told them like, we have to really get this thing ready. Cause the waves are going to come and they're going to like really wash away at it and so the stronger we can make this the, the better it will stand you know and then I was thinking that's what I do with them I've got to I've got to make the moats and like make them a real strong foundation so that when the world hits them with their weight you know these like unforgiving waves that they can stand against that you know so wow know. that's really good what what do you worry about for your children when it comes to them actually getting out into the world my son went to a school where there were kids that whose parents owned like you know, the, the shopping mall in town. And then there was the, also the kids who were barely eating. It was a very, very, wow. you know, they were on scholarships. The school was very mindful of, you know, like they would, it, they didn't do raffles or auctions or anything, anything that were some kids wouldn't have the same chance at getting something that other kids did. So that kind of helped a lot. But I mean, um, if, if I send my kid to an art camp, I always say like, do, do you have a friend you think would benefit from this art camp? Please, you know, just have them. And my wow. son, my son Tex, who's 13, he's been drawing his whole life. And when he was 11, he raised like $3,000 for a friend of his to have some surgery that he couldn't afford on his jaw. And, and he donated the money to the school. Didn't, you know, didn't even, he said, please don't tell the kid that it was me. And, um, and the mom was like really touched by it, but the kid never found out. And it was funny because the kid was kind of a jerk to my son. <laughs> and my son, he goes, I really want to tell that kid that I'm the one who paid for it. <laughs> I was like, no, but we won't do that. But I have been. Oh, good thing goes. <laughs> oh my God. I was a secret Santa to this woman who was just so annoying to me at work. Finally, I was like, I was not a big, as big a person as Tex was. And I was like, hey, guess what? I'm your secret Santa. So happy holidays. <laughs> It's just like your, your lattes are about to end. I would always have her latte waiting for her. And she was always bragging about her secret Santa, but then she was like shitting on me. Are we let? I'm oh, sorry. I don't want to. Okay. No, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. yeah, you're fine. So it felt good. Oh my gosh. So you were, so your only, well, your primary worry with them is for you want them to, when they get out into the world, to do what they can to bring others along. I hate little spoiled rich kids. You know? I, just, I hate that. But you know, but we do have a lot of, I mean, we're not like, you know, but we have opportunities here. And I just want to make sure that that's never taken for granted and that 
that if yeah if you get something nice for yourself you know like the like the tom's shoes of <laughs> of people right right <laughs> i yeah. want like every time something good happens for you lift somebody else up you know got and, it um, yeah so let me ask you this this is something that you know very different from my background <laughs> yeah like what do you have to really be mindful of in raising your children knowing that you do have like resource privilege in comparison to maybe some other people like what do you have to be mindful of in raising them and also in keeping yourself kind of in check so to speak i feel bad for my kids sometimes because like i'll do something for a, a, another kid that i would never do for my kid these kids wanted one of those driving <laughs> jeep things you know mm -hmm. and i was like of course because oh, we do like a santa thing with uh, my friend has a a, a, a thing called Operation Santa. If you know anybody who would want to get involved, it's so great. It doesn't take that much money. You can adopt any size family. And usually the parents only want like little, like a pair of socks, chocolate or whatever you need to get one gift for the kid that really, really wants them. Sometimes people pick up one little small family. We usually do big families, but these kids wanted this one of these Jeeps. And I remember having it in the back of my car and my kids were like, oh, mom. And I was like, that's not for you. I mean, <laughs> They don't get, I just, I don't get them a lot of gifts. I just don't because I don't know. I just, I want them to make things. My kids are constantly creating their own mm -hmm. fun. And, and it's even, it's, it's, it's so instilled in my older son because I never really bought him that many fancy things or whatever as a kid or clothes, like fancy clothes or anything. There's a skateboard brand called Baker. And my son is an actor as well. He was on The Loud House with me for a couple yes, of years. Yeah, yes. You know, he's he's made his own money. He's been on TV and stuff. And he's got a good little account that he wants to, you know, he does he he doesn't touch it. He's saving it, you know. But he had this Baker T-shirt on. They're like fifty dollar T-shirts. And I was like, oh wow, I I guess you dipped into your, you know, I buy everything secondhand or vintage mm -hmm. or eBay or whatever. Yeah. I'll have some. I do have some designer things, but they're always they're always from like eBay or like right. something used yeah. at first. Mm -hmm. So funny. Off, I'm, so you can see my ADB coming out, but go with note, it. When, yeah. when Tex was like four, we had a party and we have a jukebox and a pinball machine and everything, which I got on Craigslist for like very cheap. And um, this kid's like, wow, Tex, you have all this cool stuff. How did you get all this cool stuff? And he's like, hey, you know how rich people use something and then they just like get like a scratch on it and they're like, this is crap. Well, then they put it on Craigslist and my mom buys it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, that is, that's exactly what happens. Um, uh, yeah. So anyway, he was wearing this fancy t-shirt and I was like, wow. So I guess you dipped into your savings. And he's like, what? And I go, you're the Baker t-shirt. Wow. And he goes, oh no, I made this. He's like, I, I downloaded images I thought were cool. I got their logo, which it, this is like totally probably illegal, yeah. but I guess if you're not reselling it, you're fine. But yeah, he like got their logo, did like on Photoshop, made their logo on, on pictures he thought were cool. Then like got this iron on paper, printed them out, cut them out. And he's like, and I bought like a pack of t-shirts for like 10 bucks for like six t-shirts. And now I got six shirts and I'm like, thank you. This is what, what I've been working he, towards. He's been downloading what you've been saying. He's watched you, you know, get the recycled, <laughs> repurposed stuff. And now yes. he's like, that's. <laughs> yes, he's like, I'm not going to send $50 on a t-shirt. Are you kidding? We used to build houses for for people in, in Mexico, like we had, there was this great organization you could drive down and like in a day you could build a house and it was, and, but you had, they had to get the money together and each house was like $2,500. And so when Tex was little, everything that was like expensive like that, I was always like that, that's like a, that's like a half a house Tex. We're not going to spend that money. That's like somebody, four of those and we could have had a house for somebody, you know? And I was like, you have to put it And he was like, oh yeah. Okay. Like anything you wanted, I feel bad. I'd make him feel bad. Certainly. His friends with that Supreme brand. I'm like, what a dumb, dumb brand so dumb 
People are waiting in line to spend $150 on a t-shirt. That's so stupid. Anyway, but I'm glad he thinks it's dumb too. But like, if, or if there was a mom at school with like a really fancy, like $3,000 handbag, I was like, yeah. And she could have built someone a house. Okay. How does she feel carrying that house around on her hand? <laughs> so when I've gotten some deals on eBay and stuff, he's like, oh, is that a house? Or yeah. and I'm like, no, it is not a house. It is not a house. <laughs> Uh, it's a porch. That, yeah, that is, yeah, that. <laughs> Wait, what have you been doing the longest? Your voice actress work? Is that have been like the longest that you've done in terms of like? Well, consistently, yes. The thing is, is that I kind of got into voiceover via stand-up because I was always in acting when I was little. Like, I mean, you know, I did play. My grandma realized that if you put me in a play, you have a babysitter till 8 p.m., which is what she really needed. Brilliant. So she, it's so smart. And so see, out of necessity and boredom, here we go, a whole career. But yeah, she would always like buddy up with some teacher, you know, friend in, in the class and say, like, she want to be in the play? You could be in the play. And then the mom can take him. I can take her home. You know, she was always like, she would pick up my friend and take, you know, she was always like finagling. Um, but also she thought I was, one time she went to an audition with me and the per, they weren't letting me read on the bigger parts. I don't know why, probably I was new. I don't know why, but my grandma embarrassed the hell out of me. She was like, why don't you let my granddaughter read that big part? These little girls are reading and they're not even good. She's good. And I was like, ah, ah. I mean, it was just, yeah. So there's. You had like a built in hype woman. Like I did. <laughs> I did. And it was like that even into my like 40s of my friends would come over and she would like say, my granddaughter is so beautiful. Isn't she so beautiful? Oh, and I was like, I'm looking at them like, thing. I mean, my go I have a friend who's a model and my grandma felt sorry for my model friend because she wasn't me. And I'm like, I think my friend's doing okay. Anyway, <laughs> I love those grandma glasses, you know, those, those like beer goggles, you know, yes, I for, yeah. Wow. Like, it's like, I have, I have a theory about feet on the internet. I feel like people feel like they have really cute feet, but it's not. I was like, your feet pictures are like pictures of your gross kids. Like, you know, you think that your feet are cuter than anybody else does. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's not. That's how I feel about people who like some people who cook their meals and they showcase all of them online. And I'm like, you ate that? Oh my <laughs> God. Right. Like, I, I didn't like to be because of the way that they're taking the picture. I'm like. <laughs> You, you, you ate that sick? Are you okay? <laughs> that beige pile. You <laughs> ate it. Oh god. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. That chicken looks like it has no seasoning. I'm like, did oh. you enjoy that? Or like when they post, I'm like, or something. I'm like, what is that? It's like, oh, look at this beautiful thing. Like, so yeah, so <laughs> that has a color on there. That's a rule. It has to have like some color. If it's all one color, no. Yeah, and that's you can't yeah. taste. Trust me, I get that. I'm like, and I'm usually concerned. I'm like, I hope they're okay. You know, <laughs> I try not to post food pics. I'm yeah, well, there. you know, if you do, it's okay. But just be mindful of you know the presentation of it. If you're bragging about the presentation of it. Yes. Now, if you're just saying I ate this great thing and it tasted well, okay. But if you're saying, look at this beautiful thing, then make sure yes. it looks beautiful. That's all I'm saying. Yes, if you're not I'm bragging gonna, on the way it looks. put enough butter and, and salt on this yes. pile of garbage, it tastes delicious. That's <laughs> <laughs> so when you said the feet thing, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about some of those. I'm like, yeah. okay, right on. <laughs> My friend posted a picture of she and her husband watching television with their feet next to each other. And I swear to God, I couldn't tell whose feet were whose. 
honestly, and I, I feel bad, but I did screenshot it. And I was with my friends going, which one is our friend's feet? Can anybody tell me if I put a gun to your head right now, which one is our friend's feet? My friend, yeah. You are so bad. <laughs> I am, I am. Let me tell you something. I love like how real you are. Like you are just who you are. Before we started recording, I was talking to Gray about how like online, like I'll just sometimes like clutch my pearls or I'm like, oh my God, like I think it's incredible. I feel like you have gotten to just a place in your life where you, you feel so comfortable like just speaking up for how you feel about things, about taking a stance on things that are important to you. How do you think you got to this place with that? Well, I always had a big mouth and I, and I sometimes would say things that got me in trouble. But now, like you say, like, I feel like I've gotten so, you know, I've gotten far in my job and I work with amazing people that if a little asshole comes along once in a while, I'm able to like, tell them like hey no you know and and have Once it in not a while like, meaning like five times a week <laughs> <laughs> i give them a chance and then i'm I get blocked like, and she, then i broadcast she, what did they do now like and she's like this <laughs> person and she screenshots their thing with their name like nothing's word out like this idiot says, <laughs> and like what i was like that's amazing, right? Like the last I'm, person I called out though, she was like, you know, the, the the lady who like thinks Bill Gates is trying to fill us with this vaccine, you know, and she's you know the the pandemic idiots. And she was a voiceover actress, and I had been nice to her. I was like trying to gently say, well, you know, this, what about this? And if so, this to consider. I really feel like that's very unlikely. I was being very nice, very very nice, Keisha. And then she blocked me. But but the funny thing was, is that my friend said, oh my god, you got to go look at her post. She's absolutely bananas. And then I found out she blocked me, and I was like, ah. and then I so then I did screenshot our old uh, conversations that I had screenshot and, and put them on my page. But then I went on Twitter, and apparently everybody on Twitter hated her too, like T. TMZ was like canceled and all this stuff. And oh I was like, my okay. gosh. It was very satisfying. So it's not just so me. You were on top of it. Yeah. I'm just saying so, what everyone's thinking. Yeah. So how, so do you feel like that happened? Is it just because you're like, you're at a point your career is very, you know, very successful, right? In your career, you're at a place where you feel pretty confident that, you know, you can start to speak up. And so now you feel like, okay, like not feel like you have to separate because you, you're very vocal, especially about political things that are happening. Like you're very vocal about your stance on it and also about bringing to light some of the stances that you feel are very irresponsible, right? Yeah, yeah. Is that, have you been like that for a long time or do you think this current political cycle has kind of amplified that? I, gosh, it's. I think it's a combination of always being a little bit of a big mouth, but then things getting so bad that you can't not say something. Because I've been guilty of uh, like, at my my sister got married and I was it was at the rehearsal dinner and somebody said something that was really out of line and I was like so I was just ready to say something but I was like I was weighing like oh god this is my sister's wedding I don't you know I can't we're at a table with and these are her in-laws so I'm like I don't want to say something mm-hmm. that's gonna like ruin our family forever so I was really I bit my tongue but I never forgot that person mm-hmm. And I, now I'm friends with that person online and I have gently said, that's offensive. Like th- that kind of, you know, I'm just like, I love you. I, I feel like you always have to come to a place of like, maybe you didn't know because mm-hmm. I've said, oh my God, yeah. this is a funny thing. My, my uncle married a Jewish woman and my grandma is like a self-hating Mexican. And so we were having a family garage sale and we were unpacking all of our stuff. I hope I don't offend anybody by telling the story, but it really happened. My grandma goes, 
Mijita, don't let these Mexicans come and do you down because they come here early. They try to get, and my, and of course, you know, and she was a very politically active, like brilliant woman. And she was like, oh, Ava, that's a terrible thing to say. She's like, that's, that's not, not kind to my people or your people. And she's like, what? And, and she's like, yeah, you don't say things like that. And my grandma goes, oh, no, no, I mean, no, no, I don't. She said, you don't, that, she said, Jew you down is a terrible thing to say. And she's like, but I mean, no, I'd be mean, like, just trying to get it cheaper, trying to get it cheaper. Like, she just thought it was like some kind of verb. Like she, uh, she didn't know. And she was mostly talking shit about her own people. So I just, it was just so layeredly terrible. Oh my gosh. But, but wow. you know, so, so, so I always try to give people that like, you know, maybe they didn't know that that's like, and you know, um, so, and I've been guilty of saying things like that, that people are like, do you know that that goes packed? And I'm like, oh God, I don't want to be that person. So then I change. And so I always say, maybe they don't know and they need to be educated. Mm-hmm. But then after like two times, I'm like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. definitely like willfully like They ignorant. know now, this is what they feel. This is how they believe and all of that. And like, it, gets like so draining you're like oh my god not again yeah but I was gently <laughs> saying actually that's kind of a pejorative term da, 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 you know and but but um when that happened I finally just had to unfriend people my friend's like why and I go because I can't take people to junior college every day like a junior college civil rights class I mean like I don't have the energy to be educating everybody and of course my my people of color friends are were like you think you're tired yeah <laughs> like, we're really tired so oh, I, yeah. how cute <laughs> 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 Nothing gets tired faster Isn't than the rich white woman, you know. She's tired. <laughs> Bless yeah. her heart. <laughs> I know that's southern for fuck you. Yeah, exactly. uh, my my family's heart. from Texas. My family's from Texas. They, I, I yeah. Anyway, but. you know exactly. But that is that is so it's so true. Okay, so I have a question. Another question, a career question for you. Two questions in one. The first question is. Is your pay comparable to men's who do very similar work to you do? Let's start there. Is your pay comparable? Yes, we get the exact same. So I, man, I would be so pissed if it wasn't. I mean, I would have been the Norma Ray of, yeah, I would totally. Okay, and is it that way because you or your agent have had to advocate for that? Or is it in that particular part of the industry just standard? It's just standard because we have a union who it's like union actors, whether you're male, female, trans, whatever, you get the same amount of money. Wow. It's so nice. But most of the parts until recently have been for men. I mean, I'm always the only woman in the room. And I mean, I definitely pass. Like people, nobody, you know, if I didn't, you know, if I was at a <laughs> clan meeting, I could be like, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, <laughs> nobody would look at me trying. It's a, but it's so funny because now the Simpsons is in trouble for for like appropriating and, you mm-hmm. know but people they've been and then people are like well Grey's a Latina you know she and I'm like mm, I'm, I mean I, I don't I anyway but like sometimes I'm the only woman and the most ethnic person in the room which is terrifying as a terrifying prospect yeah but I usually am the only woman because I can because I can play like the teenage boy or whatever like I can play like, like that kid That's and then amazing. like and then play the little girls and the grandma and the and the, and the the mom and you know so they can get like five voices out of a woman and then most men I, there are a lot of versatile men but mm-hmm. most of the parts were written for men up until very recently it's so wow. nice to be at the loud house where it's like eight really talented women and then one little boy yeah to do it so with you I'm glad you mentioned that there have been most of the rooms you've been in have been like all men and then you all white men essentially and then you 
Yeah. Have you had to kind of like advocate for yourself or speak up for yourself sometimes in some of those rooms, depending on what the conversation has been? Or have you always felt like you were on equal footing, even in the conversations and decisions being made? Or have you had to like speak up and be the dissenting voice at times? Well, I, I think as my eyes have been open to sexism, I've become a little bit more vocal, but like you say, you have to be careful. Like I have a female friend who's a writer. We were talking about this and I was saying, I'm a really dirty person. Like I say really dirty things. And I, and so the guys just know that they can kind of say things around me because I'll probably say something even grosser than they just did. So when Me Too came out, I was like, oh shit, what did I say? Like, I mean, I was mostly worried about what I said, but my friend is a writer and she was like, you know, I feel like we're not heard in the room. I feel like they like I'll say a joke and then a guy will say the exact same joke and then everybody will laugh and they take credit for my ideas. And I, I can totally respect that. And I think, you know, she's like, but I'm afraid to say anything because then it's like, oh, you're not fun. You're, you know, we don't want to have, oh, I, oh, and then I had guy friends when that happened. Like, oh, so this is why I don't want to hire female writers because, you know, you never know what if somebody accuses you. And I was like, that's your take. That's your wow. take. Maybe you should not be so much of an asshole that you're afraid to hire a woman because God knows what you might do. But mm -hmm. then there was a writer I heard about, a female writer who, I guess whoever drove at lunchtime got a dick drawn on their car, like in the window, but they did it to everyone. Like every guy that drove, like if you, if you drove, you got to, and, and so she drove and she got a dick in her car and she went to HR. And so then the guys were kind of annoyed by her because they're like, we weren't sexually harassing her. She knows we all do that. We've all gotten it on our cars. And, and then they were thinking, now we feel like mom's here. You know, we can't have fun. And also trying to be creative in a room then it was funny because we had like a holiday party and she and her boyfriend came and we played that you don't know jack i don't know if you've heard of it it's, it's like a thing i didn't i hadn't heard of it but it's like mm -hmm. a thing where you think up jokes that go to the you know it's like a sentence and then you have to end it in this funny way a lot of writers mm -hmm. play it i guess mm -hmm. but sh she and her boyfriend were writing the most filthy endings to all these sentences and i was thinking this is the person who didn't want a dick on their car. And then they were saying like, we don't know what we can say in front of her or not because we're not sure. And in a writer's room, you kind of need to be able to say anything and just like go, oh yeah, that was terrible. I don't know, let's not use that. Or like, what about this? And you just kind of have to, but they said that they felt scared because they didn't know if she was gonna like report them for saying something that might be off color or something. Mm -hmm. And and I get both sides. I get her mm -hmm. thing. If you don't want a dick on your car, you shouldn't have to have one. And and I also get them going, now we don't know what's okay with this person. We don't feel, we feel like, I feel like she should have gone to them and gone, guys, no, I don't want the dick on my car. But I love you guys and just been funny, which is what how I always handle it. I go to them first. Because it's like in any situation, I don't want to be reported before somebody came to me. Mm -hmm. Like if somebody has a problem with me, I want them to go, hey, can we not do that? I mean, I, I get what you were trying to do. I don't right. know, right, but please let's like, and then I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And I would respect that person so much more. But when like you get called in, it's like you did the thing. It's like, hey, you don't respect me enough as a person to just say something to yeah, me. Yeah, to come to me first and give me a chance to rectify it. Yes. So you're saying, because I'm with you, like I can totally see, you know, like a big part of me, like, cause I can see it on one hand, it's like, it, it's work and work, you know, there is a fine line, right? You know, and it's yeah. like, maybe in the work party, I was fine with it, but maybe not on the work set, right? And learning yes. to respect the boundaries, that. right? That people have. That's a good point. Right. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, yeah. it, you know, because sometimes people have gotten taken advantage of on the work set because they were so casual at the work party, right? I get it. And yep. so it, it can be very tough to like teeter that line right so some people are like well i just need to head it off and be professional here and then let loose at this other thing right like i can totally see that 
whether or not that was the case, I don't know, but I can definitely see that because I know that's something that my clients deal with a lot is teetering that line because they're usually the only woman in the room. Usually they're yes. executives or whatever, and they used to be with a bunch of men and they hear mm-hmm. all the dirty stuff. And they're usually pretty crude themselves, right? But they try to keep, you yeah. know, the work stuff work as much as possible where they feel a lot of the guys don't have that separation. They're like, oh, we're all here together. We're just going to be that way. And that's just how we are, right? So yes. I can see that in some way. But you were suggesting and also saying that one of the ways that you deal with like bringing it to someone's attention is like through humor, like in a way mm-hmm. that's kind of like your way of like navigating a bit. Yes, absolutely. That helps so much. And, and it helps me too when somebody's pointing out something to me. I don't want people like, you know, then, then you immediately bristle up, like, even though more I'm trying to just listen, if I do something that bothers somebody, I just try to listen, but, but, but it, it's harder to listen to somebody who's like, nah, 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 you know, then somebody was like, Hey, I just, uh, I know you're going to be mortified when you hear what right. you Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But because I had a friend who legitimately was harassed and asked out by this guy and then when she said no they fired her off the writing team so I've I've had that friend but I also have the friend who got a note on something and was like and then he's mansplaining to me what this is and I was like "Mm, I think he's explaining it to you and he just happens to be a man he's just trying to help you like he wasn't being like yeah and I was like yeah just because somebody's a man and explaining something doesn't mean that they are mansplaining that's a different she's like well okay I was like you know he's he's really trying to help you this was a mess (laughs) so that's actually a really good point you bring up. I did a, um, I was being interviewed on a podcast yesterday about stereotypes in relationships, like being a man. And I didn't even think about that one, about the whole mansplaining thing, right? Yeah. You know how sometimes it does, things go both ways, right? Sometimes women are the ones who are kind of out of line, you know, crude and crossing the line and men tend to deal with it, you know, sometimes, right? You know, yeah. so let me ask you this. So let's say you're the OG, right? You're meaning the OG woman. You're the one that the guys are used to like being very vulgar with, right? Because you're kind of like them in a way, right? You know, mm-hmm. that energy. So let's mm-hmm. say you have another woman who gets a chance to come into the room. Yeah. She's not like that. Yes. How do you, as like the OG, like, and also the one who's kind of like one of the guys, how do you help navigate that dynamic so that she doesn't feel like alienated, like, you know, and cast yeah. away, but that also they don't feel like now we have to be so buttoned up and tight. Like, how might you navigate that? You kind of have to act like it's having a new person over for dinner at the family, you know, because we know each other and there's a new person. You have to kind of be on your best behavior until you figure out, you know, how far can we take it with this person? But, but I was also saying for the most part, people who end up in the booth have a theater background. And, you know, when you're in theater, like there's not a lot of boundaries. We all give each other backgrounds backstage. Most people sleeping with each other, men, women, you know, whatever, like (laughs) we're all pretty gross. By the time you get into the booth, you know, you're, you're primed and ready for some jokes. (laughs) Got it. So this is got you. Yeah. Great. (laughs) I want to thank you so much. Thank you for being on our podcast. I think this is really, this was a fun conversation. I appreciate you so much. And do you have any parting words for our women who want to speak up a little bit more? Use humor. If you have a problem with somebody, go to them first. And if they still can't handle it, then go to the higher ups. 
as neighbors, as anyone, we always want to be addressed first. You know, I had some neighbors who called the police and then I was like, I'm mad at you. Had you come over or texted me and said, hey, can you keep the music down? Then I would have been like, oh, of course, you know, or something. But it's just like nobody wants to be told on first. But then if they're not behaving, then you tell. Absolutely. Then you screenshot the conversations and broadcast them. <laughs> like I do on Facebook. Thank you so much, Gray. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Ta ta. <laughs> to watch the video episode with today's co host, visit KeishaShields.com slash podcast. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button to be notified of our next episode because you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of She Will Not Be Silenced with Keisha Shields. If you are an executive or highly driven leader ready to amplify your wealth, legacy, and your voice on your terms and overcome the impact of feeling silenced, visit KeishaShields.com slash hire to work with me one-to-one or to find more information on how to bring me into your company or organization to help support your women leaders.